0: Welcome to the Insights Unlocked podcast. I'm Nathan Isaacs, and joining us today as host is Michelle Huff, User Testing's CMO. Welcome, Michelle.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Our guest today is Dr. Ari Zelmanow. Ari's a modern-day consumer-focused Sherlock Holmes, helping businesses uncover clues that will position their company, product, or service in the market for consistent growth. Uh, Before joining Twilio, where he's the head of experience research for the communications business unit. Ari built cross-functional research teams at GTM Hub, Twitter, Panasonic, and Indeed. And in an earlier life, he was a police detective in the city of St. Louis. Welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks for having me. And hello, Michelle.
2: Hi, I've been
1: looking forward to chatting with
0: you. Likewise. To tee up our conversation today, we asked UX researchers in the User Testing Contributor Network their thoughts on what UX researchers really need to bring to their organizations and what's preventing them from doing so. Here's what they said.
1: What do you think businesses really need from their researchers? I think that to understand the customer first and foremost. And then how the business can actually pinpoint um, what the user really needs so that they can offer the services or products uh, to solve their problems or achieve their goals. What is preventing researchers from doing this today? I think um, probably budget constraints um so if you're constrained in terms of what you can spend on research i suppose lack of buy-in so maybe stakeholders don't understand the value of research or it's just not really taken seriously um at an organizational level
0: we need buy-in especially on the qualitative side you know it's it's much harder to prove things qualitatively than quantitatively and for some people especially the older folk people i think they know everything People with a lot of experience on the quantitative side, they don't buy in the qualitative side. Um, That's a really big barrier to overcome.
1: I think it really depends on experience. They have to have a solid understanding of how to manage stakeholder expectations, how to align the user goals with the business goals and user researchers, like their primary goal is to, of course, do UX research, but behind that also involves advocating for the user, understanding what they want, and seeing how that would tie in with the business goals. Um, so yeah, I feel like that really comes with experience and learning how to um, have that fine balance between business and user. Ari, okay, so we just watched those. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's interesting, right? We asked you know, people right now, what they're thinking about this kind of current dynamic. And, uh, you know, as someone who's been leading teams and been in this space for quite some time, like what, like, what's your reaction?
2: So a few things struck me. First, the fact that nobody pointed to a desired outcome of research was striking. It was very tactical and myopically focused on learning about the customer or understanding the user. If I were answering that question, I would say research helps the business make more informed and less risky business decisions. This is mistake number one. Then the idea of buy-in was a theme. If research were truly valued, why would we need to get buy-in? Wouldn't we already have it? Wouldn't people be bought into the value of research? Which begs the question, what is the value of research? If I were a buyer and this is how people were describing research to me, I wouldn't purchase either. This is mistake number two. So I see it, we have a two-fold problem here. We have an identity problem, what is research, and then we have an education problem. What do businesses think we do or who we are? I would bet if you asked 100 different stakeholders what research was or what research did, you'd get 100 different answers. And look at the evidence, you asked a few researchers and you got different answers. How can we expect businesses to understand and articulate our value if we can't do it ourselves? I was also struck by the idea that buy-in on the qualitative side is such a major issue. And I've seen this consistently throughout my career, but I think it's ludicrous. Let me ask you this. What is the burden of proof needed to convict somebody of capital murder and put them in prison for the rest of their life? It's proof beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not absolute proof, not quantifiable large sample data science proof. It's 12 people in a box hearing qualitative evidence and then making a decision. It's our job to educate people about the power of decision-making and qualitative data. And finally, I love the last comments about the alignment of business goals and customer needs. The reality is a business wants five things. Business only wants five things. It's growth, value, adaptability, risk, and speed. They want to grow. They want business value. And yes, that is created by creating customer value. And they want adaptability to be able to adapt to things like COVID or economic macro, macroeconomic headwinds. Um, they want to mitigate risk through better decision making, and they want to move faster. Totally. Like look, and I think that those are those are my thoughts on on the video.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, this this speaks to me, and it, you know, I think um, it might be helpful if you kind of explain. You know, we we did a, a little um, intro about you, but you know, you you came from a uh, a researched criminal rights, uh, detective background, maybe tell, you know, so that the audience can I could hear, you know, how, how did you kind of get into this space and what's your experience? And I'd love to pivot into, you know, just, you know, where we've come from, but a little bit into those points you called out, where do we think this takes us next? Maybe, you know, help for everyone sure. expand a little bit about you.
2: Sure. I was a metropolitan police detective for the city of St. Louis. I've investigated everything from child abuse cases to aggravated assaults to solving homicides um, and financial crimes, everything in between. Loved it, um, loved the work, but um, ultimately got my master's and doctorate and then entered the world of research. And I was fortunate to really get some uh, experience in market research before I joined Twitter to build their first research function for their data business. Um and then had an opportunity to build a strategic insight team for panasonic then i built um i joined indeed to help build a team for their internal platforms then uh had an opportunity to build a strategic insights team for a scale up called gtm hub and now i am at twilio where i'm leading research for a small but mighty uh small small but mighty research team and research operations team for their communications business and for Twilio.
1: Nice. Well, I love that. You know, I think we, we chat a little bit earlier, but you know, my background, I started, you know, back in the day where, where we did like front page was building websites and all these different functions didn't exist, you know? And I think, um, you know, I've seen how a lot of things have changed by, you know, even the idea of having a design (laughs) department or even product management when it came to a lot of these things or, um, and obviously research, and you've seen quite a bit being at all these different companies and sizes, and maybe your reactions to those videos, um, you know, over the last uh, several years of of really seeing the research evolve from my end. I think there's always been this interesting dynamic between research and business and outcomes and how, how people translate between the two. And I, I guess I'd love to, you know, you, you wrote... Um uh if anyone checks out on on uh, Ari's LinkedIn uh posts he he has some strong opinions but I think they're really insightful and and I'd love for you to to share a little bit more you've talked about how maybe we need to blow up how research is actually done and replace it with this strategic insight and foresight team um and maybe that kind of connects back to like the future of where you think sh- should go and and kind of this connecting back to outcomes
2: so Starting from where research was or has been, we've been we we've kind of relegated ourselves as a profession to service providers. We feel like the value or or the the at least the, the revealed value that we've had is we're gonna do usability tests, we're gonna do interviews, we're gonna represent the voice of the customer in conversations. The problem with that is that it it's it doesn't paint to an outcome. Those are all outputs. SIF teams or strategic insight and foresight teams, I think, are the research of the future. They should be centralized teams, accountable to all, but beholden to no one. So, if you think about checks and balances or independence or being being independent from, from influence or bias, these researchers would still serve marketing. They would still serve customer success. They would still serve product or UX teams, but they would do so by having a single source of truth for all of the data and information. And like a detective, they would put together cases um, about what the business should do. And then they should develop a point of view and present that to the business. Now that's also, it's based upon business stakeholders. Like Michelle, you're a CMO. You're not, you don't want a researcher coming in and being like, I don't want you knowing anything about the customers. We're going to tell you everything. And you shouldn't (laughs) have a point of view. We, you should have a point of view and research should have a point of view. And When you have that, you're using data to have better conversations and make better decisions. And you're doing it based upon data rather than bias, conjecture, or opinion. I think that pulling together insights teams from across the company to tell a a more holistic and better story, it makes me think of that the story of the blind man and the elephant, right? One feels the trunk and says it's a snake. One feels the tusk and says it's a spear. The tail's a rope. The side's a wall, et cetera, et cetera. And then- if you step back from that and you had all of them come together, they would be able to piece together the story that it's actually an elephant. That's how it should go with today's research teams.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, it's interesting. I, I, I think um, to that point, I remember, uh, you know, just even at user tests, we used to have um, a little video clip and it was someone interacting with Alexa device in their kitchen. And it was a small little clip of someone interacting. And I've always pointed out it could be the exact same clip, but depending on your function, People had really different observations, right? Like, um, um, someone in the the design um team would probably look at it and go, Oh, that's so interesting. It's just plopped right in the center of the island and the cords are kind of everywhere. And right. And so there's this like, that's an inch I, I would have never thought they'd put it there, right? And and um someone from the marketing organization maybe would be listening. It's like, oh, that's interesting that but when they were showing it off, they referred to, you know, it's a her, it's a she, it's 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 Alexa, or like it's this person, you know, and then from the um, product management, it was at the very end, they said, you know, I sometimes use it as an alarm clock, you know, <laughs> so like product would be like, oh, there's like an interesting feature. Like I never thought that, you know, of uh, maybe using in a different way. And, and, and so I just, you, you think of all the different observations that different teams would have from that one clip and it just reminded me of your your trunk versus right like i feel like when people have different points of views and they're coming to the table it almost creates a better richer debate and conversation of
2: what should be done a hundred percent and i think the problem is that researchers have historically like delivered data and i believe that researchers shouldn't just deliver data they shouldn't just deliver insights they should deliver counsel they should be the consigliere to the business, like Tom Hagen in The Godfather, uh, <laughs> or in Game of Thrones, the right hand to the king yeah. queen, the person that gives advice. And I think the other part of that that's interesting is people, I think, have historically thought of research as needing to be this impartial box where people collect things and it's unbiased. But I think that a research project is really three phases, right? It's phase one is data collection. That should be impartial. As a detective, you go to a scene, and you make sure that you don't taint the evidence you don't put your dna in other people's dna you collect the fingerprints in the right way everything is collected with impartiality but then the second phase of a project is building the case that's when you're piecing together the evidence and making sense of what you what all that evidence means and then the third is negotiating an outcome it's presenting that case to make a decision as a detective it's should we should we prosecute this individual or or should we not the same applies in business. We collect the evidence, we build a case, and we negotiate an outcome.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. And, and I think, um, you know, I guess maybe related to this is, okay, if if you kind of see this shift um, to have research teams be more, right, like they are strategic consultants and, um, you know, some organizations really have kind of a belief that that really no one else should speak to the customer. It should all go through something centralized, right? Because they would be doing it wrong or like it wouldn't be, you know, non-biased. Like that like they'll use it just to to kind of prove their own points. And and there's kind of a lot of fear in other people talking to organizations. And and how how do you think about that if if you, you know, in the spirit of what you think research should translate to and and then and then what should the rest of the organizations do? Because on the flip side, I also talk to sometimes product managers or and they're like, yeah, don't we have a team like that talks to the customers? I don't I really have to, right? So like, I see the dynamic in, in much, much of, lots of different ways.
2: I think that product managers, marketers should talk to customers, full stop. Like there's no, research should not be gatekeeping, although I don't think gatekeeping is the bad word that people make it out to be. I think that, Research being an independent function that works and reports directly to the C suite that isn't measured on research report output makes that okay. And here's how that works if a product manager is talking to a customer and they're calling them interviews or something else, but research is doing what research is supposed to be doing, they're corroborating or triangulating. Now, a product manager might come to a point of view, but a researcher should be developing a point of view. If those points of view contradict, well, It's then you try it in the court of uh, in the court of business appeal like you let's let's talk about both points of view and the evidence that gets us here. I think it makes for a much better, richer debate and conversation. It's we should not be we should not be delivering that for other people to just make decisions. And I, I believe that we have to be independent. We have to be free from influence. The problem is, is that many research teams right now are under UX, they're under design teams, they're under product, or they're under marketing. And what ends up happening is you'll hear in the language, we need to validate this idea. When somebody's saying we need to validate this idea, they're saying, we need you to confirm what I'm thinking is right. Um, and that's confirmation bias 101. Instead, if, if you heard language like, hey, can we test these assumptions? Now that's, that's much more interesting to me.
1: Yeah, No, that makes sense. So then, I guess as a question, um, you know, as we're we're looking in the future, it's hard not to to see trends and read about the future today with technology and not hear about AI, machine learning. And so, you know, what's what's your take on all of this, and how is that going to change, you know, experience research, the role of these teams, the role of research?
2: Well, if you think about the job to be done of research, like what we hire, we, we should be hiring researchers to do. It's we should hire researchers to help businesses make more informed and less risky decisions. Full stop. So, if that's the, if that's the case, there are and, and we're accepting the, the uh, premise that researchers don't deliver data, they don't deliver insights, they deliver counsel. Well, then AI and machine learning is only going to help researchers deliver counsel faster. The problem is, is that research, there's two ways to look at researchers. You can be um, Bob the bagel guy or Michelle the McKinsey consultant. Bob the bagel guy, the only question Bob gets asked is how is Sesame today? Michelle helps form business strategy. She's the one the CEO goes to when, when the game is on the line. We have big decisions to make. We need growth. We need increased customer value. They'll ask Michelle. Researchers should be the McKinsey consultant not Bob the bagel guy. And if they do that, AI and machine learning tools only help them do that. Just like any tool, just like user testing or maze or dovetail or insert tool here. Those are tools that help us do our job better. Think about it like this. A stethoscope doesn't make the doctor. The stethoscope's a tool a doctor uses to help diagnose and treat illnesses. It's the same thing. I don't see AI and machine learning as a threat I see it as, how are we going to leverage this to make better decisions faster?
1: Yeah. No, I love that. And I think we tie it back to even like the the videos that we were watching earlier and people's opinions around that. You know, it just kind of seems like, um, you know, if, if you're not just presenting qualitative research, but you're presenting counsel and the counsel is trying to influence, right, like decision-making and action, right? It, it, it just kind of changes that whole dynamic, right?
2: I think when you think about our job, our job is to help the business uh, get the right data together, make sense of it, and then negotiate an outcome from that. Make business decisions. And we should be, as strategic researchers, we shouldn't be thinking about things that that aren't interesting to the business. Like, I I can't tell you, if, if a CEO, I've never heard a CEO say, hey, we need to uh, build empathy or we need to, let's build a delightful experience. What they say is growth, value, adaptability, risk, speed. If they say something other than that, believe it, it links to growth, value, adaptability, risk, speed. So like when you're building a delightful experience, no company is going to spend $1 million to create the most delightful, best experience to make $1,000. They're not making a $1 million. Spending a million isn't worth it.
1: Totally right. It's the, um, we need to be driving a business and That's we're right. driving growth. And we think our strategy, it's more of the how. We think it's because we need to better connect with customers or we're going to do it to differentiate because we're going to have a different experience. But it's, it's, it's because you're driving this
2: broader business outcome. But you just to, that story you just told in that very brief period, like right there in the seconds, is the right story. The problem is is that researchers have historically not told that story. They leave it implied or implicit that like we're connecting to these outcomes of growth or value. Or, or sometimes we're not even connecting that anyway. They're talking about empathy for the customer. And look, I want customers to like the products that, that we build and use. But if they're not profitable for the business, the business won't make them. It just won't happen.
1: Okay. So so Ari, you're you're talking about these SIF teams. Um, but if there's any organizational leaders or people listening in and they're 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 wanting to get their boss, um, this sounds intriguing. <laughs> How do you recommend they actually go about building a strategic insight and foresight team?
2: That's a great question. It's it's not as easy as just um doing what I have seen happen time and time again, which is let's hire a UX researcher and put them somewhere and it'll work. There are two components. One is building the right research muscle. It's rethinking the way research operates, converting from this academically grounded model to a more intelligence or investigative model. One like um, a detective or a physician like Dr. House or an investigative journalist or an attorney where you build a case. But the second is the one that's forgotten and it's an organizational change initiative. Can be done using a a framework. I created this framework called Simple. Uh, there's Cotter's Change Model, Adcar, or anything else. Um, if you're a smaller company, startup, or pre-hiring research team, you should be thinking about what this team or function looks like before you hire anybody. The problem is is that they don't they they don't do that. A strategic insight and foresight team doesn't require that you hire a market researcher customer experience research or a user research or a quant right away. But it does require you plan out how those functionally fit together to build better stories.
1: Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ari. It was super, I loved chatting with you today. And and if anyone wants to learn more, um, where should they go? Did uh, Want to go to your site and where else do you want to mention?
2: So we can go to my site, Arizelmanow.com. Uh You could find me on LinkedIn um, under Zelmanow and or visit the influentialresearcher.com. Um, I have a cool free template there for people to download uh, to help them effectively communicate ideas to executive audiences and beyond. Love it. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me.